Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Kim, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And today we're going to be talking about the truth about dogs with noted author Catherine O'Driscoll. Anybody who's been in um, natural animal health for any length of time has probably read her books. Um, today we're going to be talking about her new DVD, In Search of the Truth About Dogs, and also her new book, Shock to the System. Jeannie and I are very excited about the show, have been since we booked her, <laughs> um, because we're going to be talking about something that we feel that Animal Talk Naturally was born about. Right. Now, this is really why we started. We was to talk about these very issues that we're going to be talking about with Catherine today. What's interesting is um, that she has so much scientific information to back up everything that we've been saying and that we've had other guests say, some of them who aren't at liberty to maybe share some of the things that Catherine will be able to today, but she is a longtime advocate for animals and, and just sharing this information that we feel is so, so important that you hear. And we'd like to welcome the listening audience out there. Thank you for coming and to listen to Catherine. Before we talk with Catherine, though, we're going to have um, one short little um, promo like we always do, and then we're going to get into the topic today. We have um, lended an hour to this show today because we felt it was too important not to just really go for it, huh, Jeannie? You betcha. <laughs> well, this is something that we're always so passionate about, so very, very exciting. Yeah. And um, I thought that this movie, by the way, everybody, if you're listening, I thought that this movie would be something that every new dog owner, mm-hmm. cat owner, um, even though it says in search of the truth about dogs, but I really do think that this is something every new dog owner, every dog owner who is searching for a better way for their animals right. ought to get have in their possession. Because go in every um, puppy package. Every puppy package, because Catherine makes this really, really simple. So we are going to talk about that at length today. So hang on. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So, get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. 
Well, we are speaking today, as we said, with uh, author and uh, pet advocate Catherine O'Driscoll. And let me just tell you a little bit about her. You can go to her website at www.canine-health-concern.org.uk. Yes, she is from the UK. <laughs> and this is just a little bit about her. In 1994, she had two beautiful young golden retrievers, and I have something to lend to that today, Oliver and Prudence, and they tragically died, and all she could ask was why. And as she sought the answers, what came back was so disturbing to her that she felt not only did she need to um, you know, seek independent research, but it needed to be commercial-free, and she has been on a mission ever since, you guys. Mm-hmm. And trust me, it hasn't been an easy walk for her. Um, I've been hearing about Catherine for quite a number of years, and so I feel very honored, as I know Jeannie does, to have Catherine with us. Welcome, Catherine. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'll tell you what, um, it, we're not, it's not real sure where to start with this, but let's just start with your background and after what happened with your dogs, as we said at the beginning. I, I had a golden retriever also, Catherine, who was affected by vaccines and, mm-hmm. uh, and commercial food. So um, I know exactly what you're feeling. This might be emotional for me just to hear you share this because I do know that that is your dog of choice, is the mm-hmm. golden retriever. Mm-hmm. Yes, well... Um It actually started in 1991. Uh, I had four golden retrievers, um, Chappie, Sophie, Oliver, and Prudence. And um, we were happy. You know, we just Mm -hmm. had a lovely little family, and I I just adore my dogs there. I, I, by choice, have no children. I, I'm, I get broody over dogs, you know. <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, they're just people to me, and uh, they, they all matter, and, and I love them dearly. So um, one morning in 1991, um, Ollie wasn't up saying hello to me on the bed, as he usually did, um, which was very unusual. In fact, he was, he was lying downstairs, um, with his back legs paralyzed. Mm. Um, so we made a, a stretcher out of some blankets and rushed him to the vet. He just um, woke up that way, Catherine? I mean, he was fine. Yeah, he, he was absolutely fine the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that morning he had no use of his back legs. Mm-hmm. And it was quite interesting because the other dogs stayed away from him. They stayed out of the room. How old uh, was he? Four years old. Mm. Um, now, just putting it in context Ollie was you know a heart dog he was extremely Mm -hmm. special dog he um, I guess he knew he only had four four years to live and Mm -hmm. he he pumped life into every second Uh, he he was just full of joy Um, people that walked towards us when we were out on walks they just burst out laughing He, he just had that aura of joy all over him so anyway, we got him to the vet, and it was a young vet, uh, a, a locum. I guess he'd just got out of college, perhaps. And he said, don't worry, he, ha- he has a virus on his spine. He needs to stay here on a steroid drip, and he'll be back with you soon. So, well, you know, sometimes you know things. I walked out okay. of the surgery, and I collapsed against the wall in tears. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I just knew it was something very serious. So... I went back home where, you know, I have my office at home and uh, I phoned the vet several times, you know, please can you ask the senior vet to see him, Um, she's not here yet, please can you ask her to see him, she's still not here. Eventually I called at 4.30 in the afternoon and the locum came on the phone and, uh, well, Ollie was dead. Oh my God. So... I wasn't expecting that. I hadn't prepared myself for any of my four dogs to go. They were still young. Mm -hmm. And so um, it just totally devastated me. Uh, I I couldn't see where I was going for two weeks. I mean, I do sound very emotional, but I was. You know, this this dog was as important to me as any any human loved one. Well, you know what, Catherine, I'm going to interject there and say, okay, that animal's in your care. But they're also your friend, and yeah. um, you know they're a living, thinking, feeling, caring being as well. Absolutely, and loving being. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, around about the same time, all my other dogs uh, started to get sick. 
chappy um his his cruciate ligament snapped he um he had thyroid disease um sophie had arthritis in her front paws that that was actually so crippling for her that that we considered um euthanasia Mm. Um, and then a um, couple of years after Ollie died, Prue was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so I sort of thought, I must be the worst dog owner in the world here. Mm. You know, what's going on? They're all dying around me or, or suffering around me. And so when Oliver died, every vet I met uh, afterwards, I, I explained what had happened. And I said, why do you think he died? You know, what was happening? And for some reason, nobody was able to give me an answer. They all just ummed and ahed. And mm-hmm. So eventually, with Chappie, with his, uh, his cruciate ligament problem, um, I ended up uh, at a homeopathic vet surgery in England. And again, I repeated Oliver's story and asked him why. And uh, this was Christopher Day, by the way. One of one of the UK's top homeopathic vets, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and he said, uh, "Well, when was Ollie vaccinated in relation to mm. to this happening?" And I told him, and he said, "Well, it sounds like a classic vaccine reaction." Oh, and goodness. yeah, so he he explained to me that you know, homeopathic but it, it, they hadn't just gotten their vaccines, though, right? I mean, it had been just- no. It what he actually said was that in his. In his experience in practice, and bearing in mind homeopaths take very detailed case notes, right. um, he said in his experience, 80% of all illnesses in his patients, dogs, cats, and so on, um, 80% of all illnesses start within three months of a vaccine mm-hmm. event. Hmm. So, 80%. Yeah. So that was... That's a pretty high percentage, Kathy. It is. It is indeed, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So at the same now, what I did when Oliver died, because you know I'm a writer, that's what I do, and so I wrote a book called um, The Golden Retriever Companion, A Chronicle of Joy, um, and it was it was I guess my catharsis, and it was about um, the fact that dogs are people and mm-hmm. all the wonderful things they do for humans, and in the process of writing that, I, I made friends amongst the golden retriever world you know from around the world mm-hmm. and one of those uh, people I'd come into contact with was a lady in America called Susan Retzi and uh, she sent me an article oh, sorry a scientific paper by Dr. Jean Dodds oh. um, and it started out uh, the very first paragraph was there has been an increase in allergic and autoimmune diseases in companion and animals uh, since the start of modified live virus vaccines. Mm-hmm. So, and so reading through that paper um, basically explained to me what had happened to Oliver, why Prudence had leukemia potentially. Um, it also um, implicated uh, Sophie's arthritis and then it, Chappie's thyroid disease. Uh, so there was my story in that one paper from Dr. Jean Dodds. My understanding, Catherine, is that you then went became a woman with a mission. <laughs> yeah. Now, really, what what happened was I my background. I'm a uh, it, it, historically I was a public relations consultant. I used to run a, a marketing and PR consultancy, and most of my work was um, I had technical clients in sort of pharmaceutical, computing, chemical uh, type fields. So I sort of developed a skill. Um, got paid a great deal of money for taking their scientific jargon and turning it into English so everybody else could understand what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, uh, the poacher turned gamekeeper. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the other thing that I knew was that the you know, first question is, well, if vaccines are so damaging, um, and by this time I'd also received a paper about pet food as well, um, and you were it, feeding probably what you considered top of the line. I was feeding what my vet right? told me to, which was, um, right. you know, not the top of the line. It was, they started off on a, a tin dog food, um, which gave them endless diarrhea. Mm-hmm. And the vet said, oh, feed them this one, this dry, complete thing, um, which I did. And, and, you know, I thought my vet was God in those days. Um, so, yes, so the chronic illness was a, a hallmark of, of that course of action. Right. Um, but the other thing I knew as a, as a PR consultant was that um, 
you know, and this is common business practice. If you wish to sell your product, then you, apart from addressing the end user or the or the customer, you also address any area that's going to influence your market. And a prime um, in, uh, sort of uh, sales force for the pharmaceutical and pet food companies are is going to be the veterinary profession. You know, if they've got those professionals on side recommending their product, half their, half their battle is won. And so I knew without doubt that the veterinary teaching colleges um, and vets in practice would be um, uh, targeted by these companies in a very sophisticated way and money would be exchanging hands and so on. So mm. the whole purpose of the, what we originally called the Canine Health Census, which was a massive survey um, that we undertook, was to... To, to look at the cause of ill health in dogs without any commercial buyers getting involved. Right. So that meant we couldn't get any sponsorships, so we had to find Yeah, I was going to say, there would be no sponsorship without that. Yeah. <laughs> Came out of your own pocket. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and it did. It's, uh, you know, in the, in the early days, it cost tens of thousands of pounds of our own money to, to get this up and running. So we, 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 we started this survey, and actually we, we made a mistake because it was 26 pages long and it was very, very detailed, and we needed an awful lot of dogs in the survey in order for it to be statistically valid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just couldn't get the numbers of dog owners getting you know, involved. I think back in the, in the early 90s, we were all pretty naive. Um, right. Nobody questioned vaccines in those days. Except Without a true. doubt, Catherine, I know yeah. I was because I worked in, as did Jeannie, in traditional veterinary medicine for many years. She is a vet tech, I as an assistant. And so while Jeannie didn't buy it, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, mm. thinking that I had done the right thing and never, ever crossed my mind that my golden retriever puppy um, who was perfectly healthy when I got him at eight weeks at age three months after he received his first rabies vaccine, started having seizures oh, dear. for the rest yeah. of his life. And I then yeah. um, culminated in uh, him dying from cancer. And I thought I was doing everything right. Yeah, me too. Do you know what? The, um, the last time Prudence was vaccinated, we went into the, the vet's practice and he got the needle out and her eyes rolled in her sockets. Oh. And she crawled up on my back and said, please don't do this. And I said, it's okay, Prue, it's good for you. Because mm-hmm. that's what we believed in those days, didn't we? Right. Yeah, I wish I'd listened to her, but... Uh, well, we, we are listening did. now, and I think that's an important. I think it, what's important is for people to know that our animals have been showing us. We just weren't listening to them before, yeah. and now we are, Catherine. Unfortunately, yeah. there were those that had to die and suffer as a result until yeah. we did. But even my own dog now, um, before I went natural, when I would get out the topical anti-flea stuff, you know, topical mm-hmm. stuff, he'd try to run from me. Well, yeah, yeah. You would think I would yeah. get that clue. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. We, we, we are so brainwashed, and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're actually mm-hmm. taught that unless we've got letters after our names and, and you know. Exactly. <laughs> we've learned that the hard way, which is why we got stupid. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 But, you know, so. Catherine, you went on a mission and started the Canine Health Concern and then did some studies. Now, Jeannie and I recently had the pleasure, and this is really interesting. I don't believe in coincidence, but yesterday a woman where, you know, Jeannie and I are advocates of um, non-vaccinations. Of course, then we're also advocates of uh, natural species-appropriate raw diets for all animals, not just our dogs and cats, but for all animals to be fed according to their species needs and requirements, um, which for all animals is raw, by the way. Um, and so... I have a, there is a lady here in my town who uh, has a raw feeding. She's a carnivore supplier. And mm-hmm. she sent me your article yesterday. And I thought, how interesting that she sent this article not knowing you were coming on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was what vets don't tell you about vaccines. Would you care to share with the audience what you discovered and what you put in that article? Yeah. Um, uh, basically, uh, what we're up against, really, when talking about the dangers of vaccination is, is a belief amongst the conventional scientific fraternity that they're, they're, they've basically saved millions and millions of lives. Um, and on that basis, you can understand why they should be so in favor of vaccination. Um, what they're not taught um, and what they don't go looking for is the scientific research that, that, that mm-hmm. tells another story. Mm-hmm. 
The problem with with scientific research is most of it gets sponsored by some commercial right. interest, right? Exactly. So Somebody there isn't a interest rate. <laughs> there isn't an awful lot of research sponsored by vaccine manufacturers telling you right. that vaccines are going to cause problems. Um, that would be commercial suicide, so of course yes. they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I have done over the years is um, search out uh, scientific papers that that look into the other side of vaccination, because of course, starting from the premise that, that I believe my dogs were, were made very ill or, or, or were killed by vaccines. Mm-hmm. So um, the article I think you're referring to contains quite a lot of scientific references mm-hmm. yeah. um, from independent scientists mm-hmm. who um, have um, been able to uh, to show that vaccines cause a, a wide range of, of illnesses. And this isn't just in animals, it's in dogs and cats, but it's also in humans as well. Right. Um, I actually found that part pretty insidious that it's yeah. almost like it was, you know, let's let's preempt this by, you know, showing and doing it with dogs and cats or on, on our pets first and then mm-hmm. let's, let's move it on to humans. Mm-hmm. What struck me in your paper, Catherine, was that this was really, I thought, was really horrible. Um, Dr. G- uh, Larry Glickman, who you said spearheaded this Purdue research, mm-hmm. he says in the article, and I quote, rise of antibodies against our own tissues. Mm-hmm. follows routine mm-hmm. vaccination. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that means that that's not, and this is what people say all the time, but I'm protecting my pet. Yeah. I'm wrong. immunizing them, but that isn't true, is it? No. Um, what, what happens is we're, what we're doing with the vaccine is we've got, apart from the viruses, and, and um, are you still there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I heard a click. I thought I'd lost you for a minute. What what we're doing is injecting into hum, uh, human and animal um, beings things like viruses, which have been modified, which basically means they've been heated in a lab so that right. they don't cause, hopefully, don't cause frank disease. Um, in addition to that, we're also injecting um, irritants to provoke a, a, a greater immune response. And that's things like formaldehyde, aluminium salts, mercury derivatives and so on, which, which themselves are neurotoxins and carcinogens. Um, on top of that, there are, there's usually serum in a vaccine, that, that's blood products and, and right. quite often from cows. Now, that then gets injected into the body, and um, hopefully most of the time the body accepts that and mounts an immune response against the virus and becomes immune to that virus. Um, But what happens in a lot of cases is the body, um, and and, and as Larry Glickman showed in his study, um, the body recognizes particularly the serum as, as an invader, but it's so close to the dog's own blood that they're not quite sure whether it's an invader or not. Uh, so they then start attacking their own cells and their own blood um, in order to, in a, in a confused way, fight what they think is an invader. Um, so that's where you get autoimmune diseases. It's, it's where you're attacking your own immune system. Let's talk about the inflammatory response then, mm-hmm. because um, that yeah. was really, you yeah. know, we're taught in school, inflammation is to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's not what they're discovering. No. Um, I mean, historically, science has believed that inflammation is a good thing. It's the, the body fighting um, uh, and, and healing itself. But there's a, a scientist called Gary Smith who um, was looking into the immune system and, and developed a theory that was so astounding that he was courted by governments, academics, and, mm. uh, and corporations. And what he's basically saying is that the the inflammatory response actually isn't protective. What's, what's actually happening is the, the pathogen, the disease-causing agent, is causing inflammation in the body in order to hide from the immune system. So I guess it's a bit like, um, you know, the, the, the SAS or the, the paratroopers go in to Iraq with, with Arab gear on and sneak about looking like Arabs. But they're oh, actually, the Trojan horse. They're knifing each other in the back, and that's that's what what vaccines appear to do. They're causing inflammation, which confuses the immune system. So there's basically the immune system goes crazy. Now the original theory about vaccines was that we will inject some of the you know the the disease 
or the mm-hmm. illness or the the bacteria with the virus, whatever, mm-hmm. into this animal so that their body will then recognize that as an invader and um, if it ever comes in contact with it, it will protect well, the body right. against mm-hmm. that particular illness. Mm-hmm. However, a couple things have happened, um, Catherine, and you talk about that in your paper too, but one of the things that we talk about a lot is that we're lumping them all together in one vaccine. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. A whole bunch of them that that, that would never so naturally happen that, yeah. in nature. Yeah, right. absolutely. And also it wouldn't be injected in, generally exactly. speaking. Exactly. And it certainly not in that quantity probably like either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But all at once, yes. Yeah. And repetitively year after year after year. Now we'll talk about why um, in your paper you do talk about the six-month age being the time that they could vaccinate one time. Mm. Right. That would last, the immunity would last their entire lifetime. Yeah. I mean, when I wrote uh, my, my first book on the vaccine subject, What Vets Don't Tell You About Vaccines, when I started researching, I... Um, was thinking about getting some puppies mm-hmm. and I didn't know at that time would I vaccinate those puppies and I knew at that stage that annual vaccination was totally unnecessary but I didn't know whether I would vaccinate a puppy um, by the time I'd finished researching and writing that book I was so absolutely terrified of vaccines mm-hmm. and what they can do that that I, I I actually if I had an enemy wouldn't vaccinate them either right. um, I, I think that my my personal view, and it, potentially I'm biased, but my personal view is that we are causing far more disease with vaccines than we are actually preventing. Um, we haven't actually gone through the list of diseases that vaccines are now yeah. known scientifically to cause. So let's start with arthritis, allergies, um, colitis, skin problems, and then you start getting a bit more serious with a range of autoimmune diseases like cancer and leukemia, brain damage, behavioral problems, epilepsy, uh, you know, diabetes, the, the list goes on and on. So uh, that, that is basically a list of illnesses that vets treat and that keep, you know, far too many veterinary practices in business. And we're causing it, I believe, through vaccination and also through um, the food we're feeding our dogs. Okay, and we're going to probably um, talk in depth about that and also your um, your new DVD, In Search of the Truth About Dogs. Catherine, what I think would be now we'll take a short break, and when we come back, let's really talk about that and talk about what happened with this DVD and the different veterinarians that you did interview and the different people that you did interview and what you came away with from that. <laughs> so everybody hang on. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. 
Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello and welcome back to Animal Talk Naturally. I'm Dr. Kim together with Dr. Jeannie and we're your hosts of Animal Talk Naturally. Today we are speaking with noted author and animal advocate, Catherine O'Driscoll. She is the author of a couple of books. Her newest book is Shock to the System, and in that she goes into more detail about the uh, vaccine issues and also um, how to properly feed our our animals according to their um, wild nature. And um, also her new DVD, In Search of the Truth About Dogs. So, um, Catherine, Tell us about that DVD. Jeannie and I had the pleasure of watching it, and I was so excited about it. I couldn't wait to tell you <laughs> right after I had watched it because, to me, it felt like it had taken everything we talk about, you know, as far as the vaccine issues and nutrition, which to us are the primary issues um, that are causing this ill health in our animals. Yeah, okay. First thing I must say is it's, I don't really think it's my DVD um, because it was funded by hundreds of dog lovers who have put their own dogs on natural food and stopped over-vaccinating and they put their hands in their pockets and uh, funded this DVD, which I think is, mm-hmm. is really an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a professional DVD. It was it was produced by a, a chap uh, called Brian James, who's a, a ex BBC TV documentary producer. So um, it's good quality. And the purpose of the DVD was that all of us, and I'm sure you have listeners in the same position, we talk to other dog lovers and we try to explain to them how their dogs can be healthier if they just look at it a different way. And the eyes glaze over, don't they? Oh. Uh, As a matter of fact, you know, the only time they don't glaze over for me is when they've already taken that step in that direction. When they find out we're in natural health and they go, oh, well, what about this and this and this? But just your everyday pet owner, they kind of do, they look at us like, okay, this woman is out of her mind. (laughs) That's right. And that happens to everybody on this path doesn't it we've we've all experienced it so there i am i've written books and um you know some people very very kindly have read them but you know basically we've still got people millions and millions of dogs out there um being fed um the the commercial poop (laughs) thank you yes very nicely put um so and how do you get through to those people you can't make them read a book so we thought, well, if we did a, do- a, de- a half-hour uh, TV program, they could sit down, stick it in the DVD player, put their feet up and watch it, and it's not right. difficult. It doesn't take a lot of effort. <laughs> so that was the whole purpose behind it. It's, a, I guess, it's missionary zeal that produced that mm. DVD. Yeah. Well, it's beautifully done. Two very, very class act um, ladies and gentlemen yeah. listening. But I'm, I'd like to share um, one of the things that you put on the back here, um, Catherine, of the DVD. And you say, uh, find out why it's harmful and unnecessary to vaccinate every year, the best way to feed your dogs for long life and robust good health, why vets and other professionals now have the courage to speak out and challenge the system, and how thousands of dog lovers around the world keep their dogs safe and well. And you do interview um, Dr. Christopher Day, who you mentioned earlier, uh-huh. and also Dr. Michael Fox. And um, they talk about this, and they actually have gone. Um, they are speaking out. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that they walk around with lots of knives in their backs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, it, it actually gets quite uh, difficult for people in that profession to speak out because yes. um, uh, Chris Day uh, was, was dragged through the courts for two years by um, the RSPCA on, on trumped-up charges. Oh, uh, he was finally exonerated. Um, and although he wouldn't say it himself, the suspicion must be that that he's being silenced. Um, <laughs> Michael Fox, uh, when he endorsed Dan Martin's book, Food Pets Die For, mm-hmm. um, he wrote the forward for that. He he got demoted by the Humane Society because they just signed a deal with with a pet food manufacturer. Uh-huh. You know, um, and I know other um, scientists who who've strayed into this area and have been removed from their positions. So, well, Dr. Jean Dodds um, was recently a guest on our show, and uh-huh. you mentioned her earlier, and she's been a guest a couple times, and she and Dr. Ronald Schultz both say that they don't have any room left in their back for knives. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I, I, I think the world of those two people. I oh, just... yeah, we do too. You know, and they are, yeah. they are very, they are walking a really tight rope. 
Yeah, and they've done it very well, actually. They've, they've managed they to, to do it in a very graceful way. I, you know, I think um, there is room for, for, for people um, you know, like yourselves and, and myself and, and others out there who speak out to back them up, really. Because mm-hmm. um, we can say things that they can't as right. well. You know, exactly. So. Well, and some of the qu- I'd like to share a couple of those quotes because you do share that not only in your articles, Catherine, but you do talk about that and bring it up in the movie. And and really, I just think that this movie makes it very simple for people to get their minds wrapped around it because they it can does. visually see the dogs eating a species-appropriate raw diet, mm-hmm. and they can see how healthy they are, how shiny their coats are, how um, even the older dogs, how exuberant and energetic they are, mm-hmm. and that's a natural state for a dog. Yeah. Um, I don't see, you know, I live out and I finally moved out to a little bit more rural area and I don't see the coyotes going and getting their vaccinations or heartworm medicine or <laughs> eating commercial food. Grain no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's plenty of rabbits here for them. So, um, you know, and it's all a check and balance there. You know, probably not so much fun for the rabbits, but it's the way nature is. Yeah. And um, Jeannie and I often talk about if you really want to know how to feed your pets, Look at their teeth. Their teeth is the answer to all of it. Yeah. Any animal. Yeah. You can look at their teeth and, and know what you, you, any way we should know. And you smell their breath, of course. I mean, dogs have... I had one man at... Um, he, he said, I said, um, so what do your dog's teeth look like? Are they flat or are they sharp and pointy? He goes, flat. And I said, then you haven't looked at your dog's teeth lately. And if they're flat, what did you do, you know, to cause them to get so nubby? Um, but they are sharp, pointy, and they were they are carnivores. So, mm-hmm. you know, and people go, ew. And I said, well, ew for you and me, mm-hmm. but yeah. not for them. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how you handle that over and over, Catherine, but you're, you just go around and you ask in the movie, you interviewed not just yeah. the veterinarians and not just the practitioners, but you interviewed lay people. Sure. Pet owners. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, th- this is something that, that's always uh, been apparent to me. There's people out there who've had dogs 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and um, somehow or other they're supposed to know nothing. Well, uh, excuse me, but they do know something. Mm-hmm. If you live um, with them and raise them, you should, yeah. yeah. And, and if you've had sick dogs, do, uh, by doing it the way the conventional world tells you to do it, and then you do it a different way, um, and you end up with healthy, vibrant dogs and, and vet bills that, that are zilch, you know, um, right. you, you do become... Uh, you just can't stop talking about it because it means a lot when you've got a sick dog there dying or suffering in front of you and you just mm-hmm. want to help them. Um, it changes your life when you do it a different way. You know, yeah. my, my, my oldest dog now, Gwynny, she's 14. She's still walking up hills on the moors of Scotland. Uh-huh with us. Um, and she's a golden retriever, right? She's a golden retriever. And, and, and how, what do we, how many people tell you, are they in shock that you have a 14-year-old healthy golden retriever when they see your dog? Well, I tell you what, Chappie and Sophie, I, I stopped vaccinating them mm-hmm. and I started to feed them real food when they were about eight or nine and they lived to 17. Oh, awesome. And my conventional vet came to see uh, one of them because when they get old, you don't want to put them in the car or anything. So he came along to see them and he said... You're so lucky to have two 17-year-old golden retrievers. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's not lucky. It's... And he changed the subject. Um. He didn't want to hear what you had to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... We have someone in, in the audience, Catherine, who said that she has recently switched her cat, I believe it is recent, to a raw diet. And she said, well, what can you do for plaque on a cat's teeth? She doesn't want to have her um, have, you know, put under anesthesia for a scraping, which um, I think if given time on a raw diet, that the kitty's teeth will clear up. Yeah, and there's also, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a homeopathic remedy that, that, that helps to clear um, plaque on the teeth. Oh, I've heard of that remedy, and I can't for the life yeah. of it right now, but I think it's in Don Hamilton's book, um, oh. and that's he's a veterinarian who uh, is also one of those that is um, not a proponent of vaccines. Mm-hmm. It's called Homeopathic Care for Dogs and Cats, and I believe he does have that in his book, um, after Dark, if you want to check that book out. Mm-hmm. And one of his quotes is that yearly boosters are unnecessary, provide no be- benefit if given. It mm-hmm. will not increase immunity. 
and thus boosters are either legal issues such as for rabies or a manipulation issue inducing clients to come in for examination rather than directly suggesting an examination. That is a very bold statement for a veterinarian to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so just tell me this, answer a question for me. In America, do, uh, is it normal now still for, for people to take their dogs in for annual shots? Yes. They oh, get it is. Here's what people have told me, and I know they have Jeannie as well. Well, I got that little notice in the mail that says that I have to go in for the vaccinations. What do I do? And I say, don't go. <laughs> they think yeah. for some reason that because it, it's illegal to not to have rabies, that it's illegal not to have any vaccination. And I've got it a little confused. Sure. Right. They think that the vet, I said the vet isn't the boss of you. Understand one thing. Your veterinarian works for you as a team on for your pet's health. Mm-hmm. You are ultimately the person who's in charge of your pet. And, you know, even your own health, because we did surrender our own health even to the medical profession. Um, Catherine, you know, I had a, um, recently had a, um, went to the dentist, my tooth was hurting, and they said I need a root canal. I know what a root canal does to the body. Mm. Systemically, it can actually bring on, over a course of time, an immune-mediated illness. So I did my homework, and I applied what I know to help myself naturally. Now, they are angry at me because I won't get that root canal done. (laughs) <laughs> and it's my body. Yeah, I know, but people, it's, it's that's the old ego, isn't it? People identify with their beliefs, and you're attacking, you, I'm sure you're not deliberately doing, but what happens when you challenge something that other people believe? You, you, you basically attack their whole foundation for living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he so that's that tough on I'm, them, really, isn't it? Well, so, and right. I think the medical profession for so long has had such mm. an autonomous control over the population that yeah. they don't like it when people determine for themselves how they're going to take care of themselves and their pets. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that that's why Jeannie and I went into naturopathy because our whole purpose is to empower the pet owner absolutely. to walk away and know what to do with their own pet. Right. I think um, that that's one of the. I'm writing a book at the moment, um, sort of asking that question: Why, you know, why are there people who want to control everyone, and why are there so very many people who want to do as they're told? Um, you know, kind of interesting. Yeah, and and I think. Um, as a society, we're, you know, to an extent, we're one or the other mm-hmm. um, until we grow up and, mm-hmm. and, and, and become, take our power back, really. There you yeah. go. Take your power back. Dr. Johann Jubert said the same mm. thing. And Catherine, yeah. I would go as far as to say that um, it's a fear-based reaction. Absolutely. Definitely. It is fear. And it's also uh, the dysfunctionality of society. Mm. And I think it's a spiritual question as well. You know, it, well, definitely, if you're going to surrender everything, that yeah. even your thoughts, mm. and I think to the authorities, yeah, and 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 it's about um, turning your back on fear. Actually, uh, it, it's been a really interesting journey for me uh, doing, you know, running this campaign because. Uh, there have been suggestions that if I carried on, I might get bumped off, and you know things like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, they always like to use those threats against people who are speaking, yeah. them, don't they? Mm-hmm. whoever they but, are. <laughs> so I've had to sort of stare that fear in the face, really. Um, mm. You know, don't, don't, uh, perhaps I am paranoid, but I, you know, I think there's perhaps some truth in in industrial espionage and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting that when you do turn your back on fear, and, and, and I'm talking now to the people who perhaps vaccinate every year. Because because they're frightened not to. Right. Um, and well, they might even I, be frightened not to because they think for some reason that their animal's going to just all of a sudden contract that disease. Yeah, and yet, Catherine, right. your paper, which you've allowed us to be able to share on our blogs and our site, says the very opposite. Maybe this over-vaccinating could bring on the very disease you're hoping to... Um, yeah. Vaccines can cause the disease you're trying to yeah. prevent in right. immunocompromised animals. Um, so, yes, vaccines can cause epidemics. For example, the... When you got mandatory rabies vaccination in America, they started off with um, live vaccines and started epidemics across the uh, U.S. So mm-hmm. they had to change it then to kill vaccines. But distemper and parvo vaccines now, they're live. Um, and you can cause distemper and parvo by vaccinating it in. Well, and then um, there's the shedding of those um, vaccinated yeah. animals onto yeah. others. And uh, again, people didn't realize that. And yeah. Um, the whole thing with vaccines, and, and the more Jeannie and I dig in and know things that, like you know, Catherine, the more we know what the whole purpose behind that is. But I would just encourage the audience to do their homework and start seeking those things out for themselves. 
Because well, certainly the people I know, and I know absolutely hundreds of uh, thousands even of, of dog owners um, who've changed to the natural way, and and what they're talking about is healthy, vibrant dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that don't get the chronic illnesses that that are so common in 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 dogs who are fed rubbish and vaccinated up to the eyeballs. Exactly. Uh, it's just a whole different different story. I mean, I've had with these dogs here now, uh, Gwynny fourteen, um, Ed and Dana eleven. I've had years of health from those dogs. Mm-hmm. Well, and rather what does that than do to your to your vet bills. Well, on average, um, about a year ago, I asked my vet to print off the, the records for them, and I'd say on average they've cost us um, ten pounds a year, which is about twenty dollars a year. Mm. <laughs> uh, Pretty amazing, that, huh? Quite a bad uh, difference. That's the things like I, I had uh, one year. I had their antibodies tested for you know right. to see that they had, and if they did have antibodies, or Edward was um, charging about in the heather and and landed on a stone and twisted his foot. You know, it's things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not chronic hot spots and sickness and all that sort of thing. It's just... Right. And allergies and, you know, yeah. teeth cleaning mm-hmm. and... and itchiness um, and all that. No, it's itchiness, none of that. Yeah. Itchiness is a big one. And yeah. you may not yeah. realize that when you put those yearly vaccinations together with the um, commercial foods, Wow. Yeah, I think the other thing oh. to bear in mind, though, is that we have in front of us now generations of dogs who've been over-vaccinated and yes. fed rubbish. So it's unreasonable to expect this first generation to be um, optimally healthy. healthy. Um, it probably will take three generations of raw feeding, no vaccines, before you start to see a dog who really and needs as healthy as he should be. Catherine, yeah, even up to four, more, because, yeah. you know, Pottinger's yeah. cats, when he did the study, mm-hmm. he proved that just feeding a raw, um, feeding cats a cooked diet versus a raw diet, it took them three generations to debilitate to a weakened, very weakened state with yeah. very unhealthy kittens. Yeah. And four generations to get them, when they were back on raw, to get them healthy yeah. and, um, you know, strong again. Yeah, so and I, had, I think that's true. But having said that, even then... You know, um, many of us have have noticed marked improvements just in that one generation. That's true. But you can't guarantee it, and don't beat yourself up if it doesn't happen. Right. Just keep on, you know, keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's listened to our show, Catherine, for any length of time would know that, you know, I've talked about my own dog um, that I have now, my Neomastiff. And here he is, he just turned nine, Mm. and I don't think he would have lived past six had I gone the traditional route and typically they say his breed lives to eight years old yeah so well done (laughs) yeah so here he is a year later and he's still (laughs) here and he's still running around and yeah he's not a puppy anymore and he's not of the healthiest I would think in three generations like you said he would there Mm. you know that third generation would be a much much healthier we do have a caller on the line Catherine if you'd like Mm -hmm. to take a call I'm going to Um, qualify this first before we do so hold on just a second Um, Mm -hmm. caller 604 you're on the air with Animal Talk Naturally do you have a question for Catherine I just wanted to say hi I'm calling from Vancouver (laughs) hello hello Hello. (laughs) and you know who it is Catherine (laughs) who's it from Vancouver Vancouver Canada hello I'm just wondering if I know you because I was in Vancouver about a year ago yes you do it's Sandra with the Great Dane oh Sandra Sandra, you will be giving the DVD out with any new puppies. <laughs> I haven't got anything planned at the moment, but yeah, I will obviously be doing that. That's I'm great. Okay, we're hoping now. that um, all of the natural rearing breeders will be handing that out with their um, puppies and absolutely uh, encouraging absolutely. that because she makes it so easy. You don't have to read. You can yeah. just watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes a big difference. You know, I've handed it out to several of my neighbors that have dogs just to get them on the path of natural rearing. That's, mm-hmm. that's still a big one. That has, it helped? has it helped, has Sandra? It? Did, you, did they? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. People are taking on an interest. And, uh, well, of course, Vancouver is always a little bit ahead of the game anyway. Right. Yeah. We've been lost eating here for quite a while. We have yeah. quite a few thousand people doing it now. Well, I was just, I'm just excited to hear that you're raising Great Danes. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my well, favorite. You know, the average the age is, is um, five and a half uh, length life, according to two health studies done in North America and one in Europe. 
And um, I'm pleased to say that mine are living up to 10, 11, and 12 so and far, which is, you know, double It's going to be better yeah. and better, Sandra. Thank you so much for calling in. That was great. See, there's great feedback for you, um, Catherine. Go <laughs> 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 well, So what is on the horizon for you now, Catherine, because you've got your new DVD and your mm-hmm. new book, Shock to the System. Give the audience an overview of Shock to the System. Okay, um, it's my latest book. It's not that new. It's a year or two old now. Um, but it was an update on, on what vets, and uh, it, it basically gives, well, what happened in, uh, I think it was 2001, the um, American Animal Hospital Association announced that annual vaccination was unnecessary and potentially harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically the book contains that information and, and further science to show that vaccination isn't necessary. It also looks into the diet question and I think there's another factor um, apart from genetics um, and environmental toxins that that is really important for our dogs and that's stress. Um, they come and live with us, the most mixed up species on the planet and pick up all our, our emotions so I think yes, that's, they do. Yeah, that's something that um, that, that, that I looked into in that book and, and is something I'm exploring further in the book I'm writing at the moment. What's the new book going to be titled? Well, it's... Um, it's mm, <laughs> you don't it's have a title yet? or It's, or called, the animals, it's called The Animal's Agenda and I, I personally believe that the animals... Um, have an being, agenda? They have an agenda. Yeah, they do, don't help they? Help human beings, yes. Jimmy <laughs> mm-hmm. and I are beginning that. to experience that as well. It's really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so, and we, have, we, we do know other people who are coming out with books of a similar vein, so it's quite interesting yeah. that that's happening. Um, yeah. Um, more people that we'll be sharing from. And animals want to be cared for according to their nature. And one quote that I'd like to share with the audience, Catherine, that I told you I was going to is um, by Thomas H. Huxley. And he said, it is not who is right, but what is right that is of importance. So in, in saying that, we can put aside what we think is right and, mm-hmm. and know from an animal's natural nature viewpoint what is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they, um, they've been very tolerant <laughs> they sure of can. our disrespect for far too long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and they're just not wanting to take it anymore. I don't honestly say how they've put up with it for this long. Mm-hmm. But um, just to see that what you're doing, what you're sharing with the work that you're doing, Catherine, is how to respect them yeah. and give them their dignity by treating them as the animals that they are. Also, and I, I also think that um, the, the route we're following with vaccines and pet food and flea control products and steroids and all, all mm-hmm. that commercial stuff is not only damaging to the animals, but, it, you know, it breaks people's hearts, too. And, yeah. yeah, when uh, you lose them, it does break your heart, doesn't you, it? And you, you have to watch them suffer. Yeah. It's, I mean, apparently, one statistic I, I saw said that the average um, length of time of dog ownership in America is five years. Um, and that's have to, disgusting. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's the average time. So, you know, you, what's going on there? Uh, it's not a long time. And Now, do you mean that they're dying or that they're just being... Well, that's the, what the statistic says is that's how long the average dog... Um, is in a family for whether that mm-hmm. lives or whether they get rehomed or or whatever, die or whatever, you know whatever, whatever right yeah. there's a lot or of people even, they're sorry. even being just dumped yeah so, yeah abandoned yeah but also you know I know from personal experience having when I had four sick dogs it's actually exhausting and devastating to see these poor creatures suffering around you. And it, it had a huge impact on my life. Sure. And um, that's why I do what I do, because I actually don't like the thought of the animals suffering unnecessarily like that, but also the people. You know, it's family. Catherine, that's, that's why yeah. we're sitting here talking with you today, because yeah. yeah. that's why we started the show. That's why we're talking with people like you who have the same mm. passion to share the truth about them. Yeah. And, and and how it is our responsibility mm-hmm. to respect them by giving yeah. them what they deserve to thrive. Right. And, I mean, it, and take back our own power for our own health as well, because, you know, until you do that, you won't see the need to do it for your pets. Well, it works the other way as well. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. who've um, realized how transformative natural feeding is, 
and also start to think, hold on a minute, if I eat differently, will I feel better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it works. Yeah, it works both ways as well. So Catherine, there's a, a couple of people in the audience, and one of them, her name is Kaza. She said she loved your course, and Vital Canine said they have been running the DVD daily at their canine pool. Excellent. That's fantastic. <laughs> so that, to me, was great yeah. feedback on the fact that, and we hope that everybody will go out. And you know what, you guys, the holidays are coming up soon, believe it or not. It's already August. This is a great gift to give to those people, anybody you know who has a pet, both the book shock to the system and can't wait to see your new book Catherine we'll have to have you back to talk about that and also um, in search of the truth about dogs that's really the easiest thing especially for people you know who just flat won't read yeah, you've got friends and relatives who won't listen to you. Buy that and, and make them watch it. And what we're finding is people who've been um, trying to convert friends and neighbors for you know the last few years, sat them down in front of the DVD, and that's it. They've changed. They've gone out and bought the raw food. And so that's exactly what it's intended to do. Well, and they can learn from Dr. Tom Lonsdale's site at rawmeatybones.com. I know you're an advocate of his work as well, uh-huh. and um, share his books and so forth, of, and everybody knows we are as well so he's actually coming on the show next week um, Uh further in depth but uh, Catherine I really do think that um, I guess what I was most excited about was that you made this understandable and easy for everybody to get their minds wrapped around this very truth that is if you look no further than nature and here's the question I often pose to people what does a wolf eat or a coyote they have no problem answering me and the interesting thing is that our dog's DNA is identical to those animals nearly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They only look different on the outside, but inside they are the same. Of course, mm-hmm. if we keep messing with the things that we're doing and messing with their DNA, um, according, you know, because what your article mm-hmm. says vaccines do to their mm-hmm. DNA mm-hmm. and what the pet food is doing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and people might even say, well, dogs have evolved to omnivores. No, we had a guest on our show um, who was a regular for a year, Dr. J, who said, no, as a matter of fact, their intestines, if anything, have gotten shorter rather than longer because of us improperly feeding them. Yeah. Uh, what, what most vets are treating uh, in their surgeries are two things. One is diseases of malnutrition caused by pet food, and the other thing is um, uh, diseases that involve the immune system caused by vaccines. And if you take those two out of the picture and, and replace them with what, what they're supposed to have, you know, from millions of years of, of evolution and put them back onto natural food and natural rearing, um, then you, your, your life will not be a tragedy and your dog's life will not be a tragedy. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry to say that, but you know, a lot of dogs cope. Um, but they're not living vibrant, healthy lives. They're right. they're coping. Put them on to natural food and, and raise them naturally, and they'll thrive. There you go. And Catherine, that was like such huge words of wisdom. We've actually mm-hmm. run out of time. I can't believe how fast <laughs> it went. We'd like to invite everybody to do two things. Go to, and I'm going to put you on the spot, Catherine, so if you're thinking about this, what words of wisdom would you like to impress upon the audience in closing? But before you say that, we'll have people go to your website at www.canine-hyphen health-concern.org.uk. If you're in the U.S., you can pick up copies. Um, you can always pick up copies of the books at um, Amazon.com as well, but also at DogWise.com, and that is where you can get the DVD. Please go to DogWise.com and support um, what they are doing to share the truth about natural dog health there and get your copy of In Search of the Truth About Dogs, An Introduction to Natural Canine by Catherine O'Driscoll and also her, her latest book, Shock to the System. And you may as well go ahead and pick up the first book, too. Um, that won't tell you about um, vaccines. Yes. <laughs> and get the whole story and, and, and start incorporating it if you have to take baby steps to do that. Catherine, now you have the floor to share your words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. <laughs> I feel like cracking a joke on that one. But oh, good. That's <laughs> <laughs> my kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I guess what I, I think the thing that, that matters most to me about dogs is that um, the dog sitting in front of you loves you more than you can ever know and wants the best for you. And I think we owe it to them to return the favor. Absolutely. Thank Amen. you so much for that, Catherine, and for taking time out to be with us um, this evening because it's evening in the U.K., Everybody else, those of you guys who are out there who are um, 
promoting Catherine's work and sharing the truth about how to care for our dogs naturally. Thank you. We applaud you all. Yeah. And Catherine, keep up the great work. We thank you so need much. You. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, and please come back when your book, your new book comes out. <laughs> we'll that'll be great. So that'll be great. Um, thank you all for being with us today. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. Naturally.